All right, all right. Y'all grab a seat. Hey, I want to encourage you to do something for me. I want to encourage you not to recline this morning. As tempting as that is, and I want you to take out your Bibles and lean in to what God has for you because I really feel like you're going to be blessed uh, this morning. Pastor Reggie and Bomi, Brandy and I had the opportunity to eat dinner with them last night and just hang out with them, and they're just incredible. I remember 2012, we went to the first school of empowerment, baby. First school of empowerment, three weeks long, just in the Holy Spirit, just moving and operating in that, led by Pastor Reggie, and he pastors an incredible church called Kings Park International Church there in North Carolina, Durham, uh, Raleigh area, and so they're just doing an amazing job leading. He's also um, has a prophetic voice and has spoken um, so much into our lives and other people's lives, and just wants to encourage the body this morning and this evening. And I, I pray that that's what happens for you. I pray that you you leave this place better than when you came in, that you leave more confident, more assured in Christ of who you are than when you first came in. I believe that God's going to do something amazing. Can we give it up for Pastor Reggie as he comes up this morning to bring God's word? All right, everyone. How y'all doing this morning? So good to be with you. I have to tell you that um, Pastor Ben um, has invited me here uh, many years, and I, for some reason I haven't had the opportunity to come, but I have longed to be with Luminous Church. You guys are a great people, um, and I'm so excited to actually give you the word that I believe God's put on my heart for you this morning. Um, and I'll tell you this, um, Ben, I remember Pastor Ben years ago in 2012 in the School of Empowerment, him and Brandy together. Like he said, we were just experiencing the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and talking about the possibility of a church plant in San Antonio. Uh, and it's so neat to come here and actually see the church that was a dream in their hearts. That's your, you, the people who they love so much. So can we give it up for them and their sacrifice, them uh, laying down their lives to be here, uh, to, to do something to bring together the body of Christ to reach those who don't know God, and to see the kingdom of God continue to grow and flourish and advance. And I, I'm just so excited to be with you this morning. Um, today, I also uh, had the privilege of traveling with my wife, who we're really doing ministry together in partnership. Um, I'm excited about the word she's going to bring tonight, uh, and then we're going to have a moment to prophesy over people as well. And so I'm excited to have my wife, Bomi Roberson, Pastor Bomi. Uh, is what we affectionately call her with us, and uh, we are—we uh, have left behind our kids uh, for a few days in North Carolina. Here's a picture of our family right here. We have uh, there's three kids there. Um, the Otis is at the top. Uh, during the pandemic, no joke, he grew 12 inches. Seriously, I'm not joking you. He grew 12 inches, so he was shorter than my wife. Uh, and uh, starting 2020, and now he's taller than her at the end of 2020. I think he was the same height as you uh, at the end of 2020, and then going into the spring, he passed her. So that's Nicholas. Uh, then there's David, who's our middle child, and he is just filled with energy. I'm talking about lots of it, like jumping off of things. I'm, literally, I'm not joking you. And, and all over the place, but he has a very good heart of compassion for those who are vulnerable. I love that about him. 
Uh, and then there's Shiloh. She's our worship leader and singer. I'm sure she would have enjoyed worship this morning. Thank you for the worship. How many of you enjoyed that? Singing about the faithfulness, the greatness of God. Uh, and she, she absolutely loves uh, to sing and worship the Lord. And so I want to get into the word this morning. You guys ready for this? So we're, we're, I'm talking with Pastor Ben about coming here. And right as we're talking, the Lord drops this message into my heart. And it really, it was a phrase, and it's about moving forward. It's about moving forward. Now, I, I have to tell you this. I thought it was going to be based on Acts chapter 8 because I had this whole download that I've shared on Acts chapter 8, a prophetic message to the body of Christ, to the church. But the Lord said, do not do that one. You're doing a different one and a new one for Luminous Church because there are some specific things that I want them to glean from what I've been doing in this particular season. And so are you guys ready to hear this? This is something God's speaking, I believe, directly to this church. And so if we could take a moment to look at Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. It is 10 verses. Usually we don't read that much in the church, but I want us to take a moment to understand the context of this scripture before we dive into the specific thing God wants to speak to us this morning. Let's read this together. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jubicites. We might as well add mosquito bites. All the ites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. Everybody say flood stage. All during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from the upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down the sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. Everybody say dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation 
had completed the crossing on the dry ground. Let's pray. Father, thank you for helping us to understand what you are saying to us today. Lord, we need to hear from you. Lord, let us let your Holy Spirit come and deposit a word inside of us, even as we sang this morning, a word, a covenant promise where you're faithful to fulfill it, to bring it about, to cause great things and mighty things to come in this great church and in each family with each individual. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody say we're moving forward. Now, you said that before you knew the message, but that's okay. Because I'm not, I'm not tricking you into anything, but I will tell you that that sounds like a good statement, but we have to understand what God is calling us to. And I want us to look at some of the encouragement that we can see directly from this scripture about how God is calling us to move forward. The first thing I want to see is three things I want to share with you today. The first thing is we have to step forward. We have to actually step forward. Here's what I'm sensing God is saying. God is saying to us that, folks, yes, we are experiencing a time that looks like a flood, but I want you to step right into it. Step into it. It's so interesting here, but in verse 8, it says that the priests, when they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they reached the edge of the Jordan waters, the, this particular river. It says, go and stand in the river. In other words, step forward. Step forward. Then in verse 15, it says that this Jordan was in flood stage. In other words, in flood season. Now, let's just be honest. That doesn't sound like a fun thing to do. The river is flooding, so we're going to step into it. I'm telling you that for the Israelites and probably for any of us, that's, it, that's a violation of expectation. God, what are you doing? Why in the world in this particular time do you want us to step forward and move and go into a river that is flooding? Now, in order for you to appreciate this, because you, you need to understand some, some of the dynamics of the Jordan during this time, during the flood season, what would happen is that Mount Hermon and the mountains surrounding it would melt, the ice caps would melt, and it would cause this torrential and turbulent and tumultuous waters to come down the mountain, and they'd be coming so fast that it would cut deeper grooves into the river where normally it was three to 10 feet deep wherever you walked, it got deeper. And then not only was it, it was usually 90 to 100 feet wide, now it's well over 100 feet wide. So in other words, this is a dangerous situation. It does not look like a situation in which you would want to step forward. And I want to tell you that this season that we're facing right now in the middle of the pandemic it's kind of like a flood to us. It's like a flood in which we have experienced things, social tensions, unrest. We've experienced moral decay. We've even experienced things in our own personal lives, in our, in our relationships. We've seen things happen financially. Maybe some of the things we've experienced have to do with loss, have to do with grief. And it seems like a season in which a flood is taking place. And if you see a flood happening normally, what you will do is, is either stop 
and you'll be paralyzed from moving into the flood or you'll go back. That's really the alternative. And I want to tell you right now that the Israelites were always previous to this generation of Israelites. They were saying, man, we need to go back to Egypt. You know, we, what about all of the good things that we had there? You know, what happens in reality is really you don't go back. You get stuck. Let me just say this to you. You can't go back. It's forward, not back. You can't. None of us can go back to the way it was previous to 2020. The only thing we can do is stay stuck, and that's exactly what happened to the Israelites. 40 years stuck, going around the same mountains in the same areas over and over and over again. And now God, after allowing a generation to die, says, here's what you have to do. Because they didn't get it when they were at the Red Sea getting ready to cross over. And I did that miracle for them. They didn't understand that they're supposed to move forward with me consistently and constantly. Even when the miracle was done, they were stuck wondering because of uncertainty, because of fear, because of, of, of looking at lack and, and comparing themselves to other people and what the other nations were doing. And so they were stuck spiritually and they couldn't move forward. But I'm giving them a chance now. Here we go. Another body of water. It's a river. It's flood season. And I'm calling you to move forward, to take a step forward. This is what the Lord is saying to us. I want to tell you today that he did this so much in the Bible already. When I look at this particular incident, when they stepped forward, man, we saw a miracle take place. It says the river stood up in this city, up the stream, and called Adam in the region of Zarephath. It stood up, and they were able to walk on dry ground. Listen, how in the world does it go from a river that's wet, that's wet and muddy, the ground, to dry ground? They were able to walk on that. It's a miracle of God. God did the same thing, a similar thing, when, when he called Deborah to rise up in a time of oppression. It was a time of flooding, if you will, socially and spiritually for, for the Israelites. They were being oppressed by the Canaanites, and they were forcing them to do their labor. But the Bible tells us that Deborah stood up in this, this particular time. And she was, although she was between these gates, she stepped forward and said something needs to happen. And when she stepped forward, along with Barak, God met them in such a powerful way. It says when they started to fight against their oppressors and the enemy, what happened was it said a flood came in and caused the entire army to be stuck in the mud so that they overcame their, the, the enemy at that time. And there was a great deliverance. There was a great rescue. It was the same thing that happened when God told Noah, Noah, go and build this ark because a flood is coming. And I want to preserve this people and preserve this world from death and destruction so that I can have a, a humanity that comes forth that eventually brings forth the Messiah, which I promised many years before. And it happened that when he built the ark according to God's plan, that humanity was preserved 
And they were, we were able to see eventually the Messiah come. See, here's the thing about it, is that flood season is not in an ideal time to step forward. But many times God will tell us, you need to step into the mess. Because in the mess, there will come a miracle. And this is what God's saying to us in this particular time. I'll never forget taking, uh, being tapped to take over this, this church, Kings Park International Church, and to succeed. And I'll tell you this, there were a lot of great things that we had done, many great things. But we were at a, a, a particular kind of low point. In our, our, our finances were in the red. Uh, our people were, the, 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 our membership was declining. Our staff morale was low. And I'll never forget my spiritual mom before she passed. She looked at me and she gave me the most encouraging prophecy. Not. It was one of these prophecies. You're getting ready to go into a toxic environment. Oh, thank you, spiritual mom. This is going to be a great thing. And then she said, it will be very toxic. It will be a lot of hard work, but God will be with you in it all, and you'll see something great happen. And I want to tell you that it was, and it is, and it continues to be, but I can honestly tell you after four years, God has, we've been able to see a church that is impacting the city, that is healthy, and, and a, a church that is enjoyable to the people. And I want to tell you that God told me, he said, this is, going to, this is Luminous Church. This is what I'm doing with Luminous Church. It's going to be a church that's healthy. It's going to be a church that's impacting the city. It's going to be a church that's filled with joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God overflowing this place. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. This is what God's calling this church to be. See, we have to move, take a step forward because in the mess, there's a miracle. In the mess, there's a miracle. There's something that God wants to do. And we can be confident in stepping forward with God. Because I've come to tell you today, don't be afraid of this flood that we see around us. Don't be afraid of it. Because God wants to show his glory. Because God is with us in the flood. Because God is going to to create something that is beyond what we can imagine. And I want to tell you this. If God was faithful, we sang about it this morning, what he did with Abraham. If, he is his, if he's great and faithful to us, if he's done it before in the past, he will do it again. He will bring about deliverance. How many of you, have, God has rescued you from something? How many of you, God has delivered you? He saved you. He's done something great in your life. And if he saved you before, he will do it again. So trust him as you step forward in this season. Here's something else we can learn from the Israelites in this story. Not only did they step forward, they followed the Lord. They followed the Lord. That sounds so simple. Follow the Lord. But here's the thing. What I found in this particular flood season, socially and spiritually, what's happening in our world is that people have followed so many other things. They followed tabloids. They followed people on Instagram. They followed, you know, political and popular ideologies. They followed everything else. And what it's done is created confusion. And it's even produced something in believers that I've been shocked about, What is this issue of syncretism. You say, Pastor Reggie, what is syncretism? 
Syncretism is really a mixing of your faith with other things that it doesn't belong, that should not be mixed with. One of the things that I've seen is, is, is syncretism, a mixture with materialism. Materialism, this whole idea that, that, that it's all about the American dream, it's all about comfort. And that when it gets mixed in there and money and, and comfort and having things get mixed into our faith, then what we start to pursue and put our trust in is money. And it's interesting, but Paul saw that in his day as well. He warned the church, don't put your trust in uncertain riches because they're uncertain. Boy, haven't we seen some uncertainties with riches in these last two years. How many of us know that? Don't put your trust in them. Sometimes we put our trust in a particular earthly political system or candidate. We put our hope in them. We said, I just hope, I just, if this could, I hope, and the Lord would check us today and say, what are you putting your hope in? There's really only one king, lots of political candidates, but one king, that king is Jesus. One king. And that's who we're loyal to. If we believe in God, some people have put and have mixed their faith with this idea of uh, popular ideologies related to expressive individualism. If you don't know what that is, that's just simply phrases like, man, look within yourself, find yourself, you know, express yourself to other people. You do you, man. It's all of that. They, they put their hope in this. If I can just look inside of myself and express myself, then I'll be fulfilled. And the problem is, is that the, what you have inside of you until you give it to the Lord has all, has all been put inside of you by someone and some things that are not for your best interest. Let me just say it's been put inside of you by, by people who don't care about you. It's been put inside of you by the devil himself. This is the reason why the Bible doesn't tell us to express ourselves. The Bible tells us to deny ourselves. Deny yourself so that Christ can live in and through you. See, we have to be very careful about what we're following who we're following, because you can't really follow two people. You can't really follow two things. You can only follow one thing. And the Lord says to follow him. In verse 14, it literally says this. It says, when, when the people broke camp, they, they, they rose up. It says they would follow the ark. They would follow the ark of the covenant. And that's what they followed into. That, the ark went first into the flood. The ark was waiting for the people in the flood so that the people could pass through the flood. And what is the ark for us? The ark is the same thing as us following the Lord. Now, what's interesting about the ark is inside of the ark, there were many different things that I won't comment on, but two very important things about the ark was one is that the commandments of God on stone tablets was inside of that ark. And then the ark was, was the presence of God. So what is God calling us to? He's calling us to follow the word of God, the presence of God during this time. That's, that means we need to read our Bibles every day single day get the bible on the inside of us so that when we're looking at instagram when we're looking on at facebook or social media 
all of a sudden, we're filtering everything we see through the Bible. And it also means we need to pray. Man, we need to pray so that the presence of God can be in us. Why is this? Why do we need to follow the Lord in a time where there is a flood season? It's because God wants to give us protection and direction. He wants to give us protection and direction. See, if they did not follow the ark into it, then, then they would end up in the flood, drowning, dying, gasping for breath, which I find it to be so interesting that, that, the, that some of the things that have, uh, that have really marked our particular season is a phrase, I can't breathe. What's going on here? Listen, God promises the breath and wind of his Holy Spirit in our lives when we follow him in his presence and his word. We have to follow him. Get real practical. Read your Bible every single day. Pray every single day. Let it shape you. Let it mold the way you're thinking, the way you see things. We have to follow the Lord. And I was thinking about this particular time. I was talking with Pastor Ben yesterday and just sharing how we went to two services. And everybody in our church was like, why in the world are you guys going to two services right now? Like, what is going on? Like, I, it doesn't make sense. There isn't as many people back as there used to be. There isn't all of these different things. And, and it just did not make sense. And I was like, I don't know why, just, I, 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 I just feel like we need to. The, the leadership team, the elders felt the same way. But everybody was like, we just don't, why are we doing this? And so I prayed, and, 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 I, and I said, you guys pray too. We, 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 I said, everybody pray about this. And what came to me is this scripture, is that God called Joshua and the Israelites to cross the Jordan in flood season. And when I said that, people weren't happy, but they at least said, okay, we'll trust you. Well, listen, we, we, we went to two services in our church, and we doubled in-person attendance immediately. Isn't that something? And everybody's very happy, and they're like, man, this was the Lord. Praise God, this was the Lord. I imagine the Israelites like, man, what? Like, cross the Jordan. Well, you know, we, it, it, what's going to happen? You know, all right, what's that? The ark is there. Okay, they look good. They haven't dropped off yet. All right, that's great. They're not drowning. All right, let's get in there. You know how you get into a cold pool, you know, kind of stepping in, and you're like, is it, how's it feel? And, the, and, and they get in. Oh, oh, okay. And all of a sudden, you know, the water starts to rise up when they step into it, and there's a big wall. And they're like, yes, we knew it all the time. It was the Lord. It was like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. But here's the thing about it. The point of this is we have to follow the Lord. Where's the Lord leading us? He may be asking us to do things that do, it doesn't make sense. I'm not talking about sin, but I'm talking about things that require faith and for God to move. What is he asking you to do? What is he prompting you to do? What is he speaking to you about? I don't want you to be mistaken to think that, 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 that because this is a flood time, that somehow God's not moving or there isn't something miraculous that's going to take place. I want to tell you that this is the time for God to move. 
And that brings me to my last point here, is that we have to expect a harvest. I think they encourage us to expect a Look at this. This blew my mind. I want you to see verse 15. It says, now the Jordan is at flood stage. Look what it says. All during harvest. Wait a minute, pastor. Is it harvest season or is it flood season? Which one is it? Both. Both. How is that possible for it to be flood season? All this uncertainty, all this, the, the moral decay, the tensions, the unrest and everything that's going on. How can it be both? Well, here's the thing about it is that sometimes the conditions that the flood causes creates the harvest. Listen, on a physical sense, it could be that perhaps the, the, the flood, the waters coming up, were able to water more of the land or, and, and carry the nutrients that were necessary for the things that had already been planted to grow. Or it could just be simply this, that at the same time there's flood, there's also harvest because the sun was doing its thing, was melting the ice caps, or the ice caps, and then at the same time was producing, you know, growth in the in the fruit. We don't know, but we just know that there's harvest and flood season at the same time. And I love this, absolutely love this, because we have to understand that where everyone else is paralyzed by what's happening. They're saying, man, people are leaving the church. People are going here. This is happening. This is happening. Listen, in the middle of this flood season, God is doing something, and there is a harvest that he wants to bring forth in our lives, right in the middle of it. I don't want us to miss this. In a spiritual sense, in a social sense, when it's flood season, there's danger, there's uncertainty, it's a challenging season. God is preparing the hearts of people. He's opening their hearts up. He's exposing them to their need for him and their weakness. And he's doing this while there's a flood that's happening in our society so that he could have the harvest he desires. You know what's interesting, in 1942, General Douglas MacArthur understood this because right after World War II, one of the things that happened is that he tried, he called himself a soldier of God. He was trying to convert the Japanese emperor who was into Shintoism and was, and was basically calling himself a god. And what's interesting about this is that, is that he actually did at least get the Japanese uh, emperor to admit that he himself was not a god. How many of you think that's a good thing? All right, so at least that happened. But he called for missionaries to come, come to Japan, come help me to rebuild this country and to infuse them with the gospel. But no one responded during that flood season because they said, man, it's a flood. We're just coming out of a war. He had very little response. And now less than 1% of Japan is Christian. You have 600,000 Christians and 95 million people. We can't miss the harvest in the flood. We can't miss it. The seasons are happening at the same time. We can't miss it. I want you to consider this, the 1960s, war, social unrest, tensions, civil rights, 
All of these different things were happening, erupting, moral decay, Woodstock. Everything you can imagine. Just society. I'm sure people were thinking then, man, this is the end of the world. All these wars, all these bad things happening, drugs going rampant all over the place. And at the same time that was happening, God was stirring in the hearts of young people. And tens and thousands of them were getting saved and baptized every single day in a movement called the Jesus Movement. Let's go further back. Let's go to the 60s. I mean, like, during the time of the New Testament being written. I'm talking about when Peter and Paul were alive together. During the 60s, they were martyred. Paul was beheaded. Peter crucified upside down. Two of the leaders of the church. Nero blamed in 19, or in 64, he blamed the whole burning down of Rome. He blamed it on the Christians. So he threw them into gladiator situations and let them be fed to animals. And, and he confiscated their properties. How many of you know this is a flood? And you know what happened? The church rose up. They said regardless of the persecution, regardless of the division and the tension that the enemy's trying to create, we are going to step forward. We are going to follow God. There is a harvest. And I want you to know that the church multiplied during that time. See, when, when, when there's a flood going on in society, man, this is the call for the church to rise up, to step forward, to follow the Lord, and to receive the harvest. Here's the last thing I'll say. I want you to do this. Something very practically. Two things. As you step forward, as you follow the Lord, as you expect the harvest, I want you to consider the promises of God. The Israelites, they had the covenant promises of God. They were able to say, God did this for us in the past. God has made a promise for us that we will receive our harvest. He promised them that they would get cities they did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that they did not provide, wells they did not dig, vineyards and olive groves they did not plant, that he would bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. But we have something greater than that, believe it or not. I know some of you are like, I love that milk and honey. I love that those houses. Come on, bring them to me. Listen, we have something greater. We have the gospel. In the gospel, we find a commitment to us that's not based on us being perfect. It's not based on us doing everything right. It's based on the power of the cross of Jesus Christ and what he gives us through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We have a promise that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And we will be witnesses to this world. And God would somehow use us and the working of his spirit to transform our world. I want you to consider that promise. 
as you step forward, you're not by yourself. We're not alone. God is with us in the waters. But I also want you to remember Jesus. Jesus, he stepped forward into time, into this earth. He left behind the wealth of heaven. God became a man in Christ. And this Jesus subjected himself to betrayal, to rejection, to pain. This Jesus, not only did he step forward, but he did something amazing. He followed his father. Even when it was painful. He said to his father when he was getting ready to die on the cross, he said, if you can take this cup from me, if you can allow me to avoid this type of death, then please do it. But ultimately, Father, it's not my will, but your will be done. Jesus followed the Lord even in a painful, tumultuous turbulent time. Lastly, Jesus expected a harvest. There's a very powerful scripture in Isaiah. It talks about how it would be the Lord's will to crush the Messiah. It was pleasing God for him to be an offering. And Jesus would have understood and known this prophecy about himself. And he says this, even though he was crushed as a sin offering, not because he ever sinned, he never sinned. He was perfect. He didn't die for himself. He died for you and me because of our sin, because we chose to rebel against God, because we live for ourselves, because we do wrong to others. Jesus stepped in, said, I'll be a sin offering. But there was an expectation of a harvest. Because it says he will prolong his days and he'll have offspring. And the Lord, the will of the Lord will prosper in the hand of God. What is he saying? Jesus died because he could see that there would be people, a plethora of them, a multitude of them that would come to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Church, this is what we're ultimately called to do. is to bring people into the kingdom of God where they can find their Father, they can find their purpose, they can find their family. Why don't we take a moment to pray now and ask God to move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would move by your spirit. Touch every person here. Lord, help them in this season to move forward. To step forward, to follow you. To expect a harvest. I even sense the Lord saying that he is, he's going to do some incredible things in this church. There's going to be a great harvest, the Lord says. Even in these next 
nine to ten months, you're going to find I'm drawing people by my spirit into this place. The Lord says, will you follow me? Will you believe that I'm doing such a thing? In fact, I'm already speaking to them. And you're going to find there's going to be people who come in. Yes, they'll be broken, but their hearts will be wide open. And my power and my spirit is going to work very quickly with them. That there's even going to be an acceleration of my purposes in their lives. And they're going to experience deliverance and freedom. Some of you will be encouraged in your own life to see the freedom that they receive from the plaguing issues. And it will inspire you to believe and trust me on a greater way and a greater dimension. I'm going to move by my spirit even on the college campus during this time. There seemed to be a, a, a dissemination, uh, a, almost like a spreading out that is happening. And by my spirit, I'm coming, says the Lord. And I'm coming to build together a people, a, 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 a mighty team that will advance my kingdom in that place. And the Lord would say to you, Luminous Church, that I'm building together a family and an army. And many of you have said this seems as if it's been like the dry bones and the valley that Ezekiel gazed upon. And the Lord says, you've said, can this live? And the Lord says, I want you to know not only will it live, not only will breath come, but you will find an army that is raised up. An army that's not about bringing the justice of God, but an army that's about bringing the mercy and the grace of God through the gospel. Father, I thank you for this church. I want you to do something really quickly with me, and I'm going to end here. Can you stand to your feet? If you're able to, stand to your feet. And on the, on the count of three, we are going to take a step forward. This is a prophetic act. And as we do this, what we're saying to Jesus is that, Jesus, I'm all in. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'm stepping forward, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to expect the harvest. All right? Now, after we step forward, we're going to give God a shout. Maybe you're not used to that, but you probably are if the San Antonio Spurs win or if they win the win, win, win the, the, the NBA title or, you know, or if, you're, if their college team wins. Listen, let's give God a shout because he's worthy of our praise. All right? On the count of three, we're just going to take one step forward. And I believe God's going to meet us. Ready? If you're viewing online, come on, do this in your home. Ready? One, two, three. Take a step forward. Now shout to the Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. We're moving forward. We're stepping into your plan and purposes, God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you. We believe that there's miracles even in the mess. Lord, we thank you for miracles breaking out. In Jesus' name, amen.